Welcome to Main Menu for the week of April 6th through April 12, 2012. I'm David Tanner, your host here on Main Menu, and we are very pleased to have you with us again today. Whether you're a returning listener or a brand new listener, and this is your first time listening to Main Menu, thanks for coming. We are very pleased to have you here. We hope you enjoy and get a lot of information out of what we offer here on Main Menu, and be sure if you are interested in hearing something else uh, that we haven't covered here on main menu please give us that information uh, however you choose to do so we'll be telling you about a number of different ways you can do that and we would certainly invite your input into how we can improve main menu and give you more information and more uh, enjoyment of the show on this week's show we're going to be covering the following topics we start with the note taker series as it continues and this evening we'll be talking about connectivity and how the various note takers we're covering can connect with a variety of external sources including computers the internet wireless and various other devices they and each participant will also give a conclusion giving some of the reasons why they like their particular device and chose their device and then following that, we have Mr. Neil Uris coming in for the final part of his review of the Olympus LS100 digital recorder. Compliments of Vision Australia and David Woodbridge. David will be here and talk to us about how to create playlists and add two playlists in iTunes using VoiceOver on the Mac. And then finally, compliments of Serotech and the Serotech people. We hear an interview from the CSUN conference back in March from the Sendero Group, and they will be talking about a new GPS app to be released this summer for iPhone from Sendero Group. If you're celebrating one of the holidays this week and this weekend, I hope you enjoy your holiday and hope you're enjoying spring. I will not be with you next week here hosting, and Chase Crispin will be setting in. Chase gets the pleasure of hosting the program on a Friday the 13th of all things, so treat him nicely. And I will see you back here in two weeks. You have a great week, and we'll see you soon. While you listen to Main Menu, do you ever think about a piece of technology that you've been thinking about purchasing, or just a piece of technology that you really want to hear about, but that you are unable to demonstrate for all of the Main Menu listeners? If so, we have a way for you to make those ideas be heard so that the Main Menu staff and other Main Menu listeners can produce segments on that topic. If you visit the Main Menu website at mainmenu.acbradio.org, you will find a link that says create an account. Creating an account is completely free and takes only a few seconds. Once you have an account, click on the link that says segment ideas. There, you will find a form to add an idea that you would like to see us cover on the show. 
If you see an idea in the list of ideas that you are able to cover for us on Main Menu, please click the Request This Idea link, which will let us know that you are able to cover this idea, and we will be in touch with you. We look forward to hearing your ideas for topics that we should be covering here on Main Menu. And, as always, thank you for your support in ACB Radio and in Main Menu. This is the connectivity section for the Braille Note BT Apex. I've only had this since last July, but I must say that I have done a lot of reading in Braille with this device. The display seems to encourage that. Now granted, it's a 32-cell display, and it has taken me a while to get used to that, but I really do love to read on this machine. Learning some of the Braille commands are a bit of a challenge, even though I was a Braille light user and many of the commands are similar. And there are some things that are challenging to get used to, such as the folder versus directory, the difference between the two and how they're handled on this machine. This machine has a lot of pluses. It's very small. It's really nice to sit outside with this thing in the summer and just read it's got three USB ports. It's got a dedicated Ethernet port. It's got a slot for an SD card, which is very, very nice. You can back up your SD card or your internal drive. And it has 8 gig of internal memory on the drive so that you can put files and stuff on it. it charges very, very quickly. It has built-in Bluetooth, it has built-in wireless LAN connections, and you have a lot of control over Braille settings, keyboard settings, speech settings. It's just really nice to set it up. My main challenge is learning the commands. I'm not that proficient with the commands and trying to figure out how to do things. And getting used to the thumb keys has also been a challenge. Getting used to some of the other things that you can do with this machine has been hard because I find that digging around in the book to learn something takes quite a bit of my time. So I'm still learning, even though I've had this thing for about seven months since I got it last July. But I'm glad that I've got the machine. It's definitely got its pluses. It's very nice for editing files, for taking notes, for adding things to lists of things I need to do. And it's a great little machine to have. But it has its own personality, as all of these machines have. And you just have to get used to the quirks with it. But I am grateful for the work that HumanWare has done with this machine. I guess that's about all I have to say about this. So that is connectivity information and conclusion about the Braille Note Apex BT with a Braille keyboard. Hello, Main Menu listeners. This is Chase Crispin, and I'm here again with the Battle of the Note Takers segment today talking about connectivity with the icon in the Braille Plus from Level Star and APH, respectively. The icon in the Braille Plus came with various sizes of hard drives. The newest ones came with 60 gigabyte hard drives built in. It contains 802.11 B and G Wi-Fi connectivity via an interface cable to USB thumb drives and external hard drives. 
capability to use one or two gig mini, not micro, mini SD cards. The Braille Plus is fairly small. It's about the size of your hand. The icon is the same size, but it's a little more rounded around the edges. The Braille Plus has a Braille keyboard on the face of it. The icon does not. It just has the telephone keypad. And both units have support for an optional docking station. And this docking station, once you slide your device into the docking station, allows you to have a full QWERTY keyboard, like a laptop keyboard, larger stereo speakers, and support for an Ethernet connection via a built-in Ethernet port. Because of the small size of the icon in Braille Plus, they do not contain a Braille display. However, via the built-in Braille display manager, you can connect to pretty much any Braille display via USB, Bluetooth, or if you have the necessary converter cable serial port Braille displays. This means you can work with displays, including the Refresh Braille 18, 18 sub-Braille display from APH, and input and output in contracted Braille. As you've heard, the Braille Plus and Icon use Eloquence as their synthesizer, and input is done via either the Braille keyboard or the telephone keypad. Support for the Icon in Braille Plus has ended, though Levelstar and APH have said that patches for large software bugs may be released, though major development is complete. The Braille Plus runs on a lithium user-replaceable battery. This will run from anywhere from 4 to 8 hours, depending on what you're doing and if Wi-Fi and Bluetooth are on. The Braille Plus does contain both Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, as I've mentioned earlier, so usage of those will lower your battery. You can connect stereo external microphones with a 3.5mm plug, as well as headphones with the 3.5mm plug, as well as small headsets with the 2.5mm plug. Those connect to the Braille Plus. Being as the Braille Plus has Wi-Fi, there is support for using network folders or browsing folders that you have on your network, as well as letting other devices on your network see your selected shared folders on your Braille Plus, so you have networking ability there, so you don't always have to use USB. When you do connect the Braille Plus through USB, the Braille Plus's and Icon's hard drive will show up in Windows Explorer or Finder on the Mac as a normal external drive, just as if you've plugged in a thumb drive or anything like that. For those of you who are technically curious, the Braille Plus runs on a version of Linux that Levelstar and APH have customized to run the very accessible software that we've seen here. Support for running Linux applications compiled for the ARM processor is available through the console command line available in the system menus of the Braille Plus. As I said in the first part of this battle with note-takers, the Braille Plus is no longer being sold. It was discontinued very recently and will be replaced by the Braille Plus 18 second generation, powered by Android from the American Printing House for the Blind. However, there are many used Braille Pluses on the market being sold right now. Also, if you're a student in the United States in grades kindergarten through 12th grade, senior in high school, you can get a Braille Plus through the quota fund system, and school districts are often getting the Braille Plus units for their students via APH's quota funds. So if you're a student, there's a good chance you can end up with this note taker. If you have further questions about the icon or Braille Plus, you can visit tech.aph.org or levelstar.com and get more information. I hope I've provided some helpful information to you throughout this battle of the note takers demonstrating the icon and the Braille Plus, and I hope that this has demonstrated to you both the strengths and the weaknesses of the icon and the Braille Plus. With that, this is Chase Crispin concluding the battle of the note takers with the icon and Braille Plus for ACB Radio's Main Menu.
All right. We are talking today about the connectivity of the various note takers, and I've been talking to you about the maestro. And so I want to talk to you a few minutes about the connectivity part of using the maestro. The maestro does include Wi-Fi, uh, both B and G. It does not include in. It has Bluetooth, Bluetooth 2.0. Setting up Bluetooth on the maestro is really quite easy. One thing to remember though is you must have supported devices because instead of the normal way of connecting to Bluetooth that you would find on a lot of Bluetooth devices, uh, what they give you is in the configuration menu there is a Bluetooth section. In there they list probably about 20 different um, GPS devices that you can connect to if your unit has the Trekker also in addition to Maestro. And they list three different uh, Bluetooth keyboards and a one Bluetooth Braille keyboard. So there's three QWERTY Bluetooth keyboards that you could connect to and one Braille Bluetooth keyboard. They have Wi-Fi, as I say, and the Wi-Fi works quite nicely. One of the nice things is if you happen to get one of the Dell models that the Maestro was on, on the outside uh, left of the unit, about a third of the way down from the top, is a switch that you can switch your Wi-Fi on and off without having to go through a bunch of menus and so forth to turn it on. Once you have your Wi-Fi set up and configured, you can simply turn it on or turn it off with a switch on the side without having to go through any kind of menus or anything to get it set up. And it will automatically connect to any one of the wireless connections that you've set up and used before so that's a kind of a plus too because it means no more having to worry about connecting to uh, your favorite wi-fi spots if you've already connected there before uh, if it finds that spot and you have selected to automatically connect to known networks then it'll go right ahead and do that for you without you doing anything the Connections otherwise on it, you do have a USB connection through a special cable uh, provided with the unit that will let you connect to USB uh, on your Windows-based computer, and with that you can use ActiveSync then, or in the case of Windows 7 or Windows Vista, the mobile manager, and be able to do your updating, your calendar, your contacts, and your email. It will update all of them and keep them current, and I have used that as recently as about two weeks ago, and it works fine for address, book, and and even does so with Office 2010. So you really can keep current with everything uh, with the latest Windows and the latest uh, Microsoft Office if you want to do that. Other comments uh, in conclusion. As I have said before, the Maestro Trekker were discontinued in June of 2010. You can still find a of quite a few of them around from time to time in the used marketplace uh, oh, in places like eBay, perhaps on Blind Bargains and a number of other places 
you just need to check and see where you can find it. And if you get lucky, maybe you'll find a Maestro Trekker and probably they're going to be probably in the neighborhood of somewhere between, I would say somewhere between five and $800, depending on whether it's just the Maestro or the Maestro Trekker. And again, with the Trekker, if you have the latest version of the Maestro Trekker software, which you can download from the HumanWare support page if you need to, if your version that is on the unit that you bought isn't the newest version, you can go to the HumanWare support webpage and be sure you uh, download the right version. There are versions for the various different models, and so if you have an HP, you obviously want to get the version for HP. If you are using a Dell, then you want to make sure you get the version for the Dell. And they also have um, a separate version for just Trekker if you have a unit that's just Trekker and not Maestro. So be sure that if you're wanting to do Maestro, if that's uh, what you primarily want to upgrade or you have a Maestro Trekker, be sure you get the download, the update that is for both. And it's actually a fairly simple install. Just follow the directions and it shouldn't be a big deal. It basically is going to update through ActiveSync through the USB connection on your unit and you can easily do that. Once it's updated, the latest version of the Trekker maps that are currently available are the 2010 maps. The 2012 maps will be out later this spring, and so if you do have Trekker in your unit, uh, when the 2012 maps come out, you will be able to use those maps that are there for the Trekker Breeze. will also work with the Trekker Pro on your Trekker Maestro, so um, you'll want to maybe pay attention to that if uh, you happen to have a unit that does have both Maestro and Trekker. The PackMate Connectivity and Conclusions. The thing that I like about it the most is that it works very much like Windows and like JAWS. And having been a JAWS user for over 10 years, I think this is a plus. I love the QWERTY keyboard on this thing. I wish that I could use it as a remote terminal for my PC. It would be absolutely wonderful because it has a Braille display attached and it's a 40 cell display. What I like about it when I'm reading with it is that it retains the format of NLS books and other books that need specific formatting, such as poetry, recipes, and novels, when I just want to have a 40-cell display to finish a novel. The downsides are, number one, it's quite large, especially when you have a display attached to it. And if you want to do Bluetooth or Ethernet, you have to have the right type of card to slide into one of the two slots. These slots are made for compact flash cards. This device does not have a dedicated Ethernet port on it. It does not have USB except for the USB port that you use to connect the PacMate to the PC. And you can do wireless LAN, but again, you have to have a CF card that will attach to the machine so you can access a LAN or a wireless network. 
The PacMate's memory, it's got about 60 meg for programs and about 70 meg for internal use, according to my Omni. I just checked the memory section. And I've never been able to get the backup software to work for the more recent updates, including the Omni. So if you want to back anything up, you'll have to just do that with a PC. And that's the PacMate Omni QX400. 40 cell. Hi, Main Menu listeners. This is Rich Cavallaro, here today to talk about connectivity and a few closing comments about the HIMS products. All models of the HIMS family of note-takers feature Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, USB, and SD card slots. The units come with different storage options as far as sizes of internal flash storage. If you're using the VoiceSense original with the Perkins-style keyboard, you have 1 gigabyte of internal storage, and you have an SDHC card slot, and USB ports. The BrailleSense Plus has 8 gigabytes of flash disk storage, as does the QWERTY model. The BrailleSense on hand and the VoiceSense QWERTY have 4 gigabytes of internal storage. These units also have USB host ports, so you can plug in hard drives or thumb drives, or even card readers. Uh, and uh, if you want to use more than, say, one SD card, or if your card reader supports compact flash and you have a big compact flash card. The units also feature Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, 802.11bng Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. For units with a braille display, the Bluetooth, for example, can be used to make your device a terminal, and it can be used with various Windows and uh, mobile devices, including uh, Windows screen readers and Talks and Mobile Speak, and the iPhone and iPod and iPad and the the whole family of Apple devices and the Macintosh using Apple's built-in screen reader VoiceOver. The Wi-Fi lets you check email and browse the web, and you will have seen in another demonstration that I did the web browser in the send slide of note-takers using the Wi-Fi. Some of the note-takers also feature Ethernet, so if one needs to use that if you don't have Wi-Fi available, that is another way to connect to the Internet. So that is an overview of the connectivity options with your USB SD Ethernet, Wi-Fi, and Bluetooth options. And I guess one more thing, a USB client port so the unit can be connected to a Windows or Mac uh, computer and you can access your files um, because the unit appears as a drive in either the Macintosh or in Microsoft Windows. I hope these demonstrations will have shown you that the Sense products are really a great line of note-takers. If you're in the market for a note-taker and are listening to all these um, demonstrations of the, of the various products and are really considering which one that you want to get, um, the HIMS products are definitely worth considering. They're very easy to use. If you're used to using Windows on a PC, you'll find the interface very similar. You'll find the interface very consistent across all applications. You have great help, great tech support, and um, really HIMS is really trying their utmost and is doing a very great job, in my opinion, in keeping these note-takers updated with the latest and greatest as far as software and hardware. 
If you wish to check out HIMSS on the web and look at documentation for any of these products, you can go to www.hims-inc.com. That is the U.S. office for HIMSS located in Austin, Texas. On the web, you'll find getting started tutorials, documentation, firmware upgrades, news releases, um, information to subscribe to the various HIMSS mailing lists, so I really recommend you check that out if you're interested in possibly getting one of the HIMSS devices. Thank you very much for listening, and have a great day. So we are all right. Backlight setting. And we're in backlight setting. What did I say this menu was? It's the LCD sound menu. And the first item here... Backlight setting. Is backlight setting. Now this is what I talked about earlier about if you want to turn the backlight on. Lighting time setting. You would go to lighting time setting, which is the first thing you come in on. Five seconds. I have it set to five seconds. Always on. You could have it always on. You could have five se- ten, ten seconds. Thirty seconds. One minute. Always on. Okay, let's five seconds. Five. Set. And we go down. Dim light time setting. And we have dim light time setting. 30 seconds. I don't know what all these are. Um, I guess the light dims at some point. Dim light time setting. And we go down. Brightness setting. Brightness setting. Brightness 2. Brightness 2. Brightness 1. 1. Brightness 1. Okay, we have... Brightness 3. Brightness 2. Let's see, how many do we have? We have three. Brightness two. I'm on two. Let's save it just in case I blew it. We arrow down. Lighting time setting. And dim light time setting. Lighting time setting. And we're back to lighting time setting, so we left arrow out of here. Backlight setting. And we go down. LED lamp setting. To LED lamp setting, more light stuff. On. Off. On. Now, this also might be something you can turn off. I don't know what the... LED lamp setting. LED lamp setting does as opposed to... Backlight setting. The backlight. I have a theory, but eh, you don't really want me to go there, do you? Blind man talking about light, which is doable. I just don't know what it does on this recorder. So we go down. Beep sound setting. And we get beep sound setting. Volume 5. I'm on volume 5. Volume 4. Volume 3. Volume 2. Volume 1. Off. Off. Okay. Uh, that doesn't wrap Volume either. 3. All right. So I have to go back up to volume, volume 4. 3, 4, volume five. 5. See, now you understand volume five. why if you were sighted, you might want things to wrap because you wouldn't have had to have gone all the way back up. It would have wrapped around. Now I had to go all the way from 0 back to 1. So... I can understand why people like their menus to wrap. It's just easier for us when it doesn't. Or if it speaks, it really doesn't matter. I get out of there. Language select menu. I don't want to go in there because I don't want to change my language. Voice guidance setting. Voice guidance. Ah, yes. Nice setting. On and off setting. I'm not even going to go in there because I might chance turning it off. I don't think I will. I'll go down. Guidance speed setting. Guidance speed. And here's another place where voice guidance doesn't talk. 
I'm going up and down and up and down on the speed and nothing is happening. You just have to change speed. I normally have a lot faster and go out of there and go down or right or left or something to make it talk to see what speed you're on. Hopefully they can change that in the firmware update. Volume setting. Now we have guidance volume setting. Volume 3. Volume 4. Volume 5. Volume 3. Volume 2. Volume 1. You can only go down to 1. If the, huh, That's interesting. If they had an off there, it would be so low you couldn't hear it. So it's a good thing they don't have an off. I think I was on Volume 3. three. Let's keep Set. it. We go down. On and off setting. On and Oh, that's where we came in. Guidance speed setting. So we're done with that. We arrow left. Voice guidance setting. We go down from voice guidance. Intro playback setting. So this is another way that you supposedly can arrow through files and have it play. I haven't gotten this to work, although I know people who have. Off. It's off now. Ten seconds. And I, what I think this does is, is when you press forward or left, back arrow, it's supposed to play 10 seconds of the file, five or seconds. 5 seconds, three seconds, or 3 seconds, off. or off. We'll keep it off. And, and see, Set. that's interesting, because that one does wrap. Off. I'm on off. Set. We go down from this. Backlight setting. And we're where we came in. Now we go to device settings. Function key menu. Now, the first thing in this menu is the function key menu. Remember I said there were three function keys. Let's show you how you set them. You only have certain choices, and the choices may differ when you're on multi-record versus regular record. Recorder. So I can choose recorder. Multitrack. Multitrack. Recorder. Re or recorder to set my function keys. When I press enter, Function 1. I get the chance to decide whether I want to change function 1, function 2, two function or three. 3. Function 1. And again it wraps. Let's do function 1 and see what the choices are. Off. Index. A, B, repeat. Input. That's how you get A, B, repeat. Input. Metronome. MP3, convert. CD, write. Off. So what this is, if you were to set it to index, index, which I think I'll do, set. when you now press function key number one in a file, it will place an index mark in that file. Unfortunately, it does not use the same type of marking system that SoundForge Studio Recorder or other recorders use. It is its own internal indexing, and it only works when you're playing a file back on the unit. If you press right arrow to go to the next file, instead of going to the next file, you go to the next index. You keep going until you get to the next file, or maybe there's a way to skip the next file, I'm not sure. But the index is only available in playback on the recorder itself. Okay, so we back arrow out of here. You get the same choices for all the other function keys. Function key menu. We go down from function key menu. Memory select. Memory select. SD card. Internal memory. SD card. Okay, I have my SD card in. I will set that. SD card selected. And we go down. Power save setting. Power save. 
five minutes. This is how long it's going to stay on after you stop using it. Off. I can have it off, so it'll always stay on, and I can have five, five minutes. minutes. Ten minutes. Thirty minutes. One hour. Off. Five minutes. I'm sure I didn't change anything, but I'll set, set. it on five minutes, and I'll go down. Time and date setting. And again, this is not something that talks, and I'm arrowing around and nothing happens. In fact, I'm not even sure how I get out of here now that I'm in here, because pressing left arrow simply moves to day, time, whatever. Let's see. If I press menu key, I'll get out of menus. doesn't say anything when you get out of menus. That's another problem. And I hope I didn't change anything. I didn't press enter, so I think I didn't. Let's see if I did get out of menus by pressing menu again. Recording mode okay, setting. So I'm back in menus. I go back Function key menu. to power save setting. Time and date setting. And now I go down further. USB setting. USB setting. USB connection setting. And I get connection setting or I get USB class setting. USB class setting. USB connection setting. Connection setting is PC connection. AC adapter connection. And remember what I said about this in the podcast. AC is when you want to power it from the AC adapter, but if you set it on PC connection, you don't have to worry about it. It'll charge whether you plug it into the wall or whether you plug it into your computer. Also in this menu, you can set it to variable so that when you plug your recorder into your computer, you get a prompt and you can decide to choose AC or PC connection. USB connection But if setting. you go down from USB connection setting, USB class setting. You get class setting. Storage class. Storage, which is what it's on, meaning it's going to see itself as a drive or composite. Composite. This is what you'd use if you wanted to use this as a microphone and a speaker on your computer. So you can record into the computer via USB if you set it on composite class. But I don't want to set it there. Storage class. So I didn't change anything. I'm just going to back out. USB class setting. And I'm going to back out again. USB setting. And I'm going to go down. Reset setting. And I don't want to reset because that will reset it to factory defaults. And I think if I go down. Format menu. Oh, I thought it was done. I'm on format menu. SD card. Internal memory. SD card. And if you press this. Choose start for initialization. You arrow up, just like you do in a race. You arrow up. Start SD card format. And it says start. And I believe, I'm not going to do this, but I believe it's like a race. If you press enter, you have to go up again because it says yes or no. And you go up to yes and press enter. But I'm not going to do that. Let's. I'll do it on an erase file and let you see Formatting what happens. Canceled. Oh, I guess it times out if you don't do anything. Thank you very much. And after format, we get to... Memory information. Memory information, which is going to tell people who see how much memory there is, etc., but it doesn't read. Memory information. And we go down. System information. System information, same thing. Firmware update number, version number, whatever. Doesn't read. System information. And we're back to... Function key menu. Function key menu, which means, friends... 
If I arrow recording right, mode we're back setting. at recording mode setting, and we are done with the menus. They're that simple. Again, this is only in normal record. Now, I said I was going to demonstrate array. So, by the way, to get out of menus, you press the menu key, and it doesn't say a thing. So, let me show you how to erase, and I think it's the same way you do format. I'm playing a file. Well, I think I am. Hello. <coughs> it's me trying Hello, to start everybody. this podcast. Hello, everybody. Frog in this my is new. So I stop the recorder by pressing the upper... To play, I pressed the lower left button in the group of four on the right at the bottom. I pressed upper left to stop. While I'm on that file, I press bottom right to erase. File erase mode. I go up one. Erase one file. And I press enter. And it doesn't tell me that I have to go up again, but I know I do, so I will. Start erase. And I press enter. Erase finished. So you don't always get the prompts you want. I think the erase mode is the same on pretty much all Olympus recorders. So you see there's some work they could do on voice guidance. For example, if I press the home key, which is top left of the column left of the screen, and I press enter twice. I'm in my folder list. And I'm arrowing down, and it doesn't read. If I arrow back up, it does give you the higher double beep at A, folder A. So I press folder A, and now I know I'm in folder A because it double beeped, and I press play. And yes, there's a file there because that's the only folder I've recorded in. All right. We're done with menus. And that, by George, is the end of the podcast. Can you believe it? We finally got there. Sorry about how sleepy I sounded during the menus. I kind of put myself to sleep doing the menus. Well, you know, menus aren't the most exciting things in the world, but I apologize for that. I also apologize for the fact that I didn't do a lot of things I know a lot of people wanted me to do, like play with this microphone and that microphone and do this sound and that sound. This, after all, is the longest podcast I've ever done. I had to keep it somewhat contained. I didn't use a lot of the really noisier microphones, like the in-ear microphones, etc., because by the time you get a recorder that's this quiet, having a microphone that's that noisy, what you're going to hear is the noise. It may differ slightly from one recorder to the next, but basically... They're noisy enough that they're going to be way noisier than the microphone preamps of the recorder. But I will do demos, if people want, of any mics I have. So if you want me to do that, or if you have other questions or comments, you can get in touch with me at neal, N-E-A-L, dot ewers, E-W-E-R-S, at ravenswood, R-A-V-E-N-S-W-O-O-D, dot org. In summary, a very nice recorder. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and given the quality of this recorder, there's likely to be another one soon, even if it's just some microphone examples. So, take care, until we meet again via computer file. Have a nice day, and treat yourself to something you've always wanted, just because I said you could. Thanks for listening.
The following presentation is brought to you on Main Menu, courtesy of David Woodbridge and Vision Australia. To find out more about Vision Australia, visit them on the web at www.visionaustralia.org. Vision Australia. Blindness and low vision services. In this demonstration, I want to show you how to create a playlist and add items to it using iTunes with VoiceOver on the Mac. So let me first of all say that my Mac is turned on, VoiceOver is running, and as usual, I'm going to start from my desktop by doing Shift-VOD or Shift-Control-Option-D. So I'll do that now. Desktop, Macintosh HD volume. Okay, and let's go and run iTunes from the Applications folder. So I'm going to do... Shift Command A for Applications folder. Applications now in Applications window, List View table. Now I don't have to interact with the table because I'm actually going to just type in ITU to quickly jump down to iTunes. iTunes app one five slash one two. Okay, I'm going to do Command O to open it. iTunes iTunes window. Now I like to start from no one spot in iTunes by just going to the top of the window, I guess just for orientation purposes. So that's Shift-VO Home, or Shift-Control-Option-Home. And remember on a Mac keyboard, to do the Home key, it's actually the Function key and the left arrow key together. So in effect I'm doing Shift-Function-Control-Option-Left Arrow. So I'll do that now. Shift-VO Home. Close button. Okay, so we started from a known spot in iTunes. Now I'm going to do Command N to create a new playlist. New name playlist. Enter a name for the playlist. And I'm just going to call this Easy Listening. So ASY space Easy G. Enter. Sort now in iTunes window. Close button. Okay, so we're still at the top of the window. Let me jump down to the source list by doing VO Command T or Control Option Command T. Sources table. Let's interact with the source list table by, by doing Shift VO dinner or Shift Control Option dinner. Interact with sources table row 25 of 31 selected. Easy listening playlist. Okay, so that's the one that we just created. That's what's in focus on the source list. Now we want to add stuff from the music library in this case. So I'm going to jump to the top of this list by just doing Shift VO home again, like we did previously to go to the top of the other window. And of course, that's Shift Function, Control Option, Left Arrow. So do that now. Shift VO Home. Library, Sources, Row 1 of 31. Okay, VO Dinner, Control Option Dinner to get to my music item. Music, iCloud, Library Playlist. Okay. Now I'm going to search for the BGs in this case. So I haven't heard them for a while. So I'm just going to uninteract with the Source List tab by doing Shift VO App Arrow or Shift Control Option App Arrow. Stop interacting with sources. Okay, VR left arrow, control option left arrow. Search music. Search music, edit text. Okay, and I'm going to search for BGs. So I'm just going to type in B, B E, e, e space, space G, e, 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 S, S. Enter. And VR right arrow, control option right to get to the music item list itself. Sources That's the table. Source table. Music browser. Pass the browser one. And VR right arrow, control right again. Music table. Row 37. Music table, so interact. Interact with music table. Row 37 of 40. So okay. Let me jump to again to the top of this table by doing Shift VO Home. And remember, on the MacBook keyboard, it's Shift Function Control Option Left Arrow. So that now Shift VO Home. Status blank. Row 1 of 40. 
So we've got four items that it picked up when I typed in the search for BGs. So let's get to the name of the first one. So I'm going to do VO right arrow control option right arrow. Heavy check mark item check checkbox name alone. Okay, now I'm going to select a few of these. Now I'm just going to check if anything's been currently selected with VO F6 or control option F6. One row selected status blank heavy check mark item check checkbox name alone iCloud. Okay, so as you can tell, the first one that got automatically selected was when we went into the table and it got selected. So I'm actually going to unselect it by doing VO command spacebar or control option command spacebar. Alone was removed from selection zero items selected. Okay, so now and I'm going to select a few ones on here. So let's just do VO down or control option down arrow. Boogie child. Don't forget to remember. Emotion. Fanny, be tender with my first of May, for whom the bell tolls. Okay, let's select that one by doing VO command spacebar or control option command spacebar. For whom the bell tolls was added to selection one item selected. Let's keep going down with VO down, control option down. Guilty, live at MGM Grand Law, Heartbreaker, live at Holiday. How can you mend a broken, how deep is your love? Okay, let's select that one with VO command spacebar, control option command spacebar. How deep is your love was added to selection two items selected. Okay, let's keep going down. I started a joke. Oh, let's do that one. VO spacebar, control option command spacebar. I started a joke was added to selection three items selected. Okay, let's keep going down. I've got to get a message to you. If I can't have you, islands in the stream, jive talking. Okay, let's do jive talking with VO command spacebar, control option command spacebar. Jive talking was added to selection four items selected. Okay, let's keep going down with VO down, control option down. Lonely days. Love so right. Love you inside out. More than a woman. New York mining disaster. Night fever. Nights on Broadway. One. Run to me. Secret love. Spicks and specks. Spirits having flown. Staying alive. Okay, let's select staying alive. So that's VO command spacebar, control command spacebar. Staying alive was added to selection five items selected. Okay, so I've got five items selected. And the reason why I was doing VO command spacebar was that's how to select multiple items that aren't in sequence. And I find it's probably the most reliable way that I know of to select either items sequentially or items that are out of sequential order using items on the Mac with VoiceOver. And of course, if I wanted to check all my items, I would do VOF6 or Control Option F6. Five rows selected. Status blank. Heavy check mark. Item. Check checkbox name. For whom the bell tolls. iCloud download. Local. Time. Three. Five eight. Artist, Bee Gees, Album, The Ultimate Bee Gees, Genre, Pop, Rating, Zero Stars, Plays Blank, Status Blank, Heavy Checkmark, Item, Check Checkbox Name, How Deep Is Your Love, iCloud Download, Local, Time, 4, zero, 2, Artist, Bee Gees, Album, The Ultimate Bee Gees, Genre, Pop, Rating, Zero Stars, Plays Blank, Status Blank, Heavy Checkmark, Item, Check Checkbox Name, I Started a Joke, iCloud Download, Local, Time, 3, zero, 9, Artist, Bee Gees, Album, The Ultimate Bee Gees, Genre, Pop, Rating, Zero Stars, Plays, 3, Status Blank, Heavy Checkmark, Item, Check Checkbox Name, Jive Talking, iCloud Download, Local, Time, 3, 4, 4. Artist, Bee Gees, Album, The Ultimate Bee Gees, Genre, Pop, Rating, Zero Stars, Plays Blank, Status Blank, Heavy Checkmark, Item, Check Checkbox Name, Staying Alive, iCloud Download, Local, Time, 4, 4, 3. Artist, Bee Gees, Album, The Ultimate Bee Gees, Genre, Pop, Rating, Zero Stars, Plays Blank. Okay, so that's our, what's our selections. So what we now want to do is add those selected items to an existing playlist. So I'm going to bring up the context menu for VoiceOver with Shift-V-O-M or Shift-Control-Option-M. Menu, 13 items. 
Okay, and I want to come down to add to playlist with VO demo construction demo. Get info, rating, get album artwork, clear downloaded art, get track names, reset plays, create AAC version, consolidate files, add to playlist, submenu. And it's the one we want, so VO spacebar, construction space. Add to playlist, submenu 8 items, 80 podcasts. Okay, and let's go down to easy listening with VO demo construction demo. Easy listening. So let's select easy listening with VO spacebar, construction spacebar. Closing menu, staying alive, text. Okay, now we've come back to our music table. So I'm actually going to interact with Shift VO up arrow or Shift Control Option up arrow. Stop interacting with music table. Okay, so VO left arrow, Control left arrow to get back to the source list. Music browser, sources, table, row 2 of 31, music, iCloud, library, play. Okay, let's interact with that with Shift VO down or Shift Control Option down Interact with sources, table, row 2 of 31. Okay, now we know it's called Easy Listening in my case, so I'm just going to type in E-A-S-Y. Easy Listening, iCloud, Playlist. Okay, so there we are. So let's uninteract with Shift, VO, Up Arrow, or Shift, Control, Option, Up Arrow. Stop interacting with Sources. Okay, VO, Right Arrow, or Control, Option, Right to get to the Playlist table. Easy Listening, Table, No Selection. Interact with Shift, VO, Dinner, or Shift, Control, Option, Dinner. Interact with Easy Listening, Table, Row 105. Status one. Okay, and I do VO rotor. Heavy check mark item. Check check name for whom the bell tolls. Okay, that's for whom the bell tolls. And let's see the other ones are there. VO dinner or control option dinner. How deep is your love? I started a joke. Jive talking. Staying alive. And of course, if we wanted to listen to any one of these, we could just do VO upper or control option upper. I started a joke. And let's play I started a joke by pressing the enter key. And of course, the stop, spacebar. And there we go, we've created a playlist, in my case, out of a few songs out of my BG's album. So that completes how to create a playlist in iTunes from selections. If you've got any other questions about Apple accessibility, please contact the Adaptive Technology Help Desk at Vision Australia on 1300 847 466. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Vision Australia. Blindness and low vision services. Live at CSUN 2012 for the Sarah Talk Podcast Network. I'm Ricky Inger and I am at Sendero talking with Mike May. Hello, Mike. Hi, Ricky. Great to have you uh, interviewing with us again. I know that uh, we just spoke with you a very short while ago. So, but uh, despite that, some some interesting news has come up since the last interview. I hinted at some things that we were working on, and we never quite know in technology how quickly things will move. But I'm excited to say that the iPhone GPS app that we talked about in January is now coming to fruition. So we've announced here at CSUN there will be an app called CNI GPS with Sendero Group and the CNI and other collaborators, uh, MapQuest, for example, 
using their map engine to have a full-fledged, turn-by-turn, iPhone-accessible GPS app. This is something that I think a lot of people have wanted for a long time. Despite the fact that there are mainstream solutions available for the iPhone, people still find themselves wanting some of the features that haven't yet made it into the mainstream product. So this is exciting for people. Do we have any sort of time frame as far as when we can actually see this? Well, in terms of features, one of the things is to also not have features that uh, maybe clutter the interface for the blind user and you have to drill down through 17 menus to get to the pedestrian mode, for example. We want to make the things that are important to blind people uh, front and center without losing the key functionality of a turn-by-turn -turn application. That's our general goal and we'll be having focus sessions here at CSUN with users to have them drive the user interface uh, priorities. As far as the time frame, We'd love to show some significant progress by the summer shows in the beginning of July. Whether we're shipping by then or not, uh, it's only time will tell. This is, uh, at least at the moment, specifically an app for iOS devices, right? We're not looking at Android just yet. This is strictly for iOS at the moment. The question that I know a lot of people are going to ask and you may not be prepared to talk about yet is pricing. Any idea on that? Well, our philosophy is that we, we want to be within reach of commercial apps like Navigon, AT&T Navigator, and those, in the case of AT&T Navigator, is $9.95 a month. The Navigon runs from $59 to $79. And we asked people when they were bugging us over the last couple of years, when is Sendero going to come out with this? We said, how much are you willing to pay? And the universal answer was, we'll pay a little bit of a premium but we won't pay a lot of a premium. So we want to be in the same ballpark as the other commercial apps. So you are considering the possibility of a subscription-based model like AT&T Navigator? Absolutely, that allows people to get into a product and try it for a few months and see if it's really necessary for them or not. And maybe they want to switch it off for a few months and then come back. Where can people go to look for updates? Are there going to be any focus groups uh, outside what we might have at CSUN? Anything that's going to happen before the summer shows? And so where can people get information about that? We won't have any official place to post information. There is a GPS talk users, GPS dash talk users uh, list that people can sign up for on the Sendero website. But otherwise, we'll probably be working privately to get this done and, and we'll be selecting uh, beta testers from a, a host of people who are interested. We really want to have power users of Navigon, AT&T Navigator, TomTom Tom, and some others so that they can really be our litmus test as to whether we've met the, the test of those applications in terms of features. This is extremely exciting news and I know everybody's going to be uh, waiting to hear what happens next. Aside from this though, is there anything else that you'd like to share as far as the latest with Sendero? Well, I think it's important for people to realize that the iPhone and the mobile application in general is great for consuming information, but it's not maybe the most productive way to write it. So we're still big fans of the BrailleNote, BrailleSense, and PacMate PDA products for GPS, and we're continuing to develop on those platforms, improving uh, the, the content and the interface. And then Sendero Maps on the PC, we're really finding to be a great way of handshaking through a regular keyboard and the internet and a server. 
And so we're adding a lot of features to that application, which is also fairly inexpensive. People can do a lot of virtual exploration using Sendero PC Maps. And we really want to encourage people to generate their own content, their own user points of interest that then can get shared up and downloaded seamlessly through the PC. And so we've worked hard to make that more of a seamless operation. Excellent. Where can people go for more general information about Sendero? How about some contact info? The general Sendero website, of course, is senderogroup.com. We also have another URL, accessiblegps.com, where we try to post everything accessible GPS and links to articles, reviews on all the applications, whether Sendero sells them or not. Excellent. Well, as always, it is a pleasure getting information about Sendero from you, Mike May. Thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. For the Saratog Podcast Network, I'm Ricky Anger. All of us here on the Main Menu team consider your thoughts, questions, suggestions, and any other feedback that you may have very important. To interact with us on the show, you can send an email to mainmenu at acbradio.org. That's mainmenu at acbradio.org. If you would like to find past show archives and more information about Main Menu, you can visit our website at mainmenu.acbradio.org. If you would like to interact with us on Twitter and see all the latest show news, you can follow us by visiting www.twitter.com slash mainmenu or by following at mainmenu. If you would like to receive show announcements in your inbox and interact with other Main Menu listeners, you can subscribe to the Main Menu Friends mailing list by sending a blank email to mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. Anytime that you have any comments, questions, or suggestions that you would like us to hear, please get in touch with us. On behalf of the entire Main Menu staff, I'd like to thank you for being with us today on Main Menu. You have a great week, and we will see you back here again next week on Main Menu.